Eastland episode 56 and we have the Dundalk game to talk about we've Bray this coming Saturday a double dose of Crifties Carl questions from the Eastland and Sean Cavanagh that's Sean Cavanagh versus Lukey Bourne and Ronan Finn versus Joey O'Brien so double trouble this week as usual it's me Gary P the king of cans and the prof Carl Riley hello and Gary at least the World Cup is on soon yeah thank God the World Cup is on soon <laughs> Uh, we're in a couple of draws as well. Who did you get in the junior hoops draw? The sweep. I yeah, got, the got sweep. France. France. I got Argentina. So we're both in with some sort of a chance anyway. Uh, Petrie East are fantastic sponsors. are having a flash sale. So 20% off any function in July and August. So you're having a big party, a big soiree. Get down to Petrie East and they will look after you. A box social. <laughs> yeah, a soiree. I like that one, Prof. Uh, they also have a, a beautiful new uh, cocktail called the Peach Tree Raspberry Flirtini. And it sounds gorgeous, Prof. I don't think you'd be into that now. You'd be, like you said, you're a Long Island iced tea, man. I think that's too fruity for you. Um, yeah, so make sure you get in touch with Peach Tree if you're having a function. And uh, they are also on thetaste.ie and they got a fantastic review. So check them out on that as well. Go down and treat the whole family to a nice meal on me on, on a match day as kids eat free with season tickets so check them out and of course we can uh, you can get us on another app now on podtail so we're available pretty much everywhere i don't think there's anywhere we're not available yet so um i just know it's the greatest league in the world put that one up on twitter so then i searched us i was like are we on this and we are so there you go there, so there we go yeah I'd love to know the process of how we actually get onto these sites and, and who does it and who makes the decision to actually put us on these because originally we only picked SoundCloud and iTunes didn't we well it's a feed I actually had to do it when we started the podcast to get it to work on iTunes and then that, that automatically put us in all these places except for certain ones like tune in Stitcher. and stuff Stitcher where I actually had to manually add it but the rest seems to be automatic because of the feed so uh, we'll talk about our player of the month for May, which was Lee Grace, and that was voted for by the fans. It was well deserved as well. So he'll be enjoying the beef cake in Peachtree East. This was voted before his hospital pass in the Dundalk game. Oh, hospital pass is right, but we'll get on to that in a while. I, I, I could forgive him for that because we'll talk about it in a while. But back to f- matters on the forum, and your favorite poster is back, Prof. My post. Yes. Can we shut down the farm again? <laughs> what's he say, what's he saying now? Oh, there's no highlight. It's just he's just being my post. He's just back in yeah. general. <laughs> behind the cage. The biggest downer you can possibly come up with about Graham Burke. Like like what possible downside could you think of from us having an Ireland international? But he found one. He actually the only one. the only thing you could pick at if you're being really picky was the fact he was left out of the squad. I'd say that's what his bulk of the post was, was it? No. No, he didn't even talk about that. If that happened more than once, then yeah, that's that's a major problem. So what, he's talking about selling them? Was he giving out about selling them? Potentially selling them? Or flogging them off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that would be the gist of it. But um, we have the decision to leave Graham Bourke out on Friday and Martin O'Neill said it was... Shamrock Rover's idea and a nice gesture. I didn't know he said it was a nice gesture. I knew he said it was, he pretty much distanced himself from it and said, yeah, that's all Rover's, nothing to do with me. I didn't know it was a nice, did he say it was a nice gesture? That's a quote. Yep. Right, to talk about this, 
we, we still don't know each other's real opinion on this yet, so this could get tasty. So my opinion on it is there's a couple there's there's two sides to come at this. You could say that it's a small time decision to leave Graham Bork out of a massive game and uh I mean it's a meaningless friendly. We left them out of a huge game and we lost and we could have done with them in the game. You could say that that that's what it was. You could, but you could say that we're also holding them back if we had to play them, because Martin O'Neill would have looked at that and thought, okay, well he's played ninety minutes the night before. I'm not mm-hmm. really going to get. You wouldn't have started. Put it that way. You wouldn't. He wouldn't have started both games in twenty four hours. It wasn't like the testimonial game with Celtic where he could afford to play in Sligo and yeah. then travel. He couldn't have started both. As a fan, I'm disgusted he didn't play, purely in a footballing sense. But if you look at the bigger picture, if we're, if we're going to go down the road of being controversial now, are, are the Rovers looking at this as a way of compensating our potential lack of Europe this season? We might not make Europe. It's it's looking tough at the moment. We're, we're sixth. I know we're only three points off for it, but the way things are looking at the moment, we're not really playing good football. Mm. Are they looking at that as a, as a backdoor to kind of... Re- as a few quid because we might not make Europe well in an ideal world Berkey stays until the end of the season at least and helps us get into Europe and then maybe moves on to the championship or whatever but Brazier basically said that the club wasn't going to deny him the opportunity to play for his country yeah I, I can completely understand that and it is a rare occurrence I mean this was the first time in 11 years yeah. in the league and is the problem not more the clash with the international schedule is the problem more not that we are in this forced into this situation? Pat Dolan was very critical in the paper. Yeah. But as usual, he goes so far over the top that it's not even worth reading. But even when he's positive, he's over the top. I know. <laughs> it's it's cringy at times. But when he's like, positive. But as soon as he says he's like he's comparing it to what would Real Madrid and Barcelona do? You can't I do just, that. I just stop reading. You can't then. do that because, because the, it's, the it's FAO, yeah the FAO do not care about this league. Therefore, they plan their FA their their Ireland games. Just the way they want. They they will mm. never look at the or like they weren't looking at Rovers v Dundalk and thinking, can't have the USA game on the Saturday. We might pick a Dundalk player. They're not looking at it like that. Of course not. So I'm I'm still like mm. I said I'm I'm disgusted he didn't play in in a, in a massive game for us because we are still pushing for Europe mm. and we do it's it's huge that we do get Europe playing football this season. But he's been such a good servant, Graham Burke. I think it would have been harsh to deny him the chance. To play in a European or to play in an international fixture, and I think the only reason he started was because we didn't play him. And yeah, uh, I, it, I think by not playing him, it gave him the chance to make his first start and score his first goal. Yeah. As it turned out, I think it was the right decision. Obviously, I was gutted when I found out he couldn't play because it was a massive game for us. We did score twice anyway, without yeah. him. And in fairness, his stock. I mean, if if we are to sell him. We've, we've added on at least a quarter of a million by that second cap and the goal. Easily. I mean, there's no way you can... Like, he's got an Orl, two Orling caps. Two Orl, I'm, I'm right. Two, yeah, two caps. One one non-competitive cap, you could say, isn't it? Yeah. And um, there's no way we can accept any less than half a million if we are going to sell him and we're going down that road, which does look likely. There's no way you can take any less than half a million. And I mean, we should be looking for like a lump, a massive lump. And like I mean, these all these add-ons that have been prolific down the years. I mean, didn't didn't Cork sell their their, their sell-on clause for I think Shane Long or Kev or Kevin? 
Shane Long and Ke- and Kevin, Kevin Doyle. Doyle. I think they sold one, and then he went on to be sold. Either one of those guys went on to be sold for big money, and they missed out. They sold it for like forty grand because they were struggling at the time. Something along the lines that the figures that mightn't be right there, but I mean, if we are gonna sell them, it has to be for big bucks. It really does. I said on one of our chats, I said if he goes, I think there was a rumor of eight hundred thousand, and I just don't think we're gonna get that much. I'd love to get that much, and I said if we do get that much, I'll sing, hold me now. On the show, <laughs> Bo's song. I said, sing the whole the whole song. We get eight hundred grand. I don't think we will. I just can't believe anyone compared to La Liga, which is in a different universe. If anything, we're only comparable to Sweden, who are also on a summer football schedule. Yeah, I'd be more interested in what Swedish clubs do than what That'd Real Madrid and Barcelona yeah. do in this situation. I was only having a, a similar conversation to a, a, a Hungarian guy I work with, Attila. He's actually part of our experiment in August. He'll be, uh, he will be—he hasn't adopted a club in Ireland and he'll be coming to the Bowls game on the 17th. So we're going to be doing a little interview with him on pre-game and then after the game to see what he thinks of the day. Oh, derby. by the way, Dino has a name for this uh, segment that he came up with. What's it called? LOI Curious. LOI Curious, I like it. Curious, we have to stick with that. He came yeah. up with it, so we have to stick with it. So Attila will be coming. He is a Nidachaza fan. And um yeah, and we were talking about uh fees that players receive because we were talking about Borky and they were saying that they sold Besic. I think Felinch Fado sold Besic for something along the lines of three or four million. And now he's back playing with them. He went to Everton. I think he floated around for a while and then he went back to them. But for them to get like it's the Hungarian league, you could say it's on a par, there's a little bit more money in it. But standard wise, you could say it's on a par with the League of Ireland, and they got like three or four million for for Besic, and they they continue to get big money for their players that they export. So, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a it's a tricky situation that we do find ourselves in. I'd love to know who negotiates the the the, the deal. So who who do we send in to the room to negotiate the money? I'd love to know. I'd love to be flying the wall in that situation and see how it goes. See how um, see what the back and forth is like. Yeah, so that's the that's the Graham Bork issue, and you could probably talk about it for hours. But we're gonna move on to the five two loss in Tallah Stadium, and Aaron Bolger and Joel Coustan came in for Davy Mack and Graham Bork, and it's the fourth league game that Borky has missed this season. Another start from Prof. So now Lee Grace are only ever present. Yeah, are only ever present. So and that um, was Aaron Bolger's last game before he does his leave insert. Kicks off today, I think. Hopefully it's higher English prof. Best oh. luck to all the young hoops doing their Best exams. Best of luck, yeah. I remember it's stressful times. Still remember getting the you cramming in the maths lessons. The math. Remember oh, yeah. that? Jesus Christ, stress. I think we were half watching Euro Tales before as well. We were. We got nothing done. <laughs> Algebra would just stop. World Cup is on. Or the Euros. Yeah, so the five-two loss, and Kevin Caban was the guest speaker in the eighteen ninety-nine bar closet Pats fan. And yeah, knows how to read a room, doesn't he? Yeah, he says yeah. he's a closet pass fan, and he said the balls play good football, and he got booed both times. Yeah, he dealt with it well though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixteen years to the day that he played against Cameroon in the World Cup. Another little stat that was pretty cool. You should have retold the story about how he delivered bread to Mick McCarthy's door <laughs> in the snow during the snow blizzard. Yeah, yeah, he spoke really well though. He's a he's a cool guy, and um, we had the profs article in the. Uh, program Carl's Tifties Frequently Asked Questions What do you think? I thought I loved it You left out how we used to make banging beats in the parlour on Cool Edit Pro I deliberately left it out <laughs> I'll never bring it up again 
Oh, I can hear the cat in the background. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I have to say, it was a nice little surprise. And um, the game was live on Air Sport, and yet more begrudgery from Brian Kerr. He is hovering to the LOH. Oh, definitely. He's very close to the list of Hager. One more strike, and I reckon he is on. He's very bitter lately in general. Like his, his article about the DDSL and League of Ireland clubs starting to kind of find their way in the 15s and the 17s and the youth setups. And now this, he's just, he's very bitter lately. It's one thing to uh, give his opinion on the merits of Berkey getting the cap when you're televised, when you're commenting on that game. This was a game between Robbers and Dundalk, which Berkey wasn't involved in. And he started going on a rant about how other players have been overlooked. And he started bringing up players like Rishi Towle and others over the years. What is with the begrudgery? Maybe it's just the anti-Rovers brigade again. It's it's probably, that's what it is. And if, I love that he scored as well. That should shut him up. Yeah, see the thing is, it goes to what we talked about last week. It's down to genuine ability and Bork just, the way the way he just slipped into that role and, and just, it was so smooth and the transition, he, he could fit in at that level. It really did play well. And for O'Neill to say, the game passed them boy. I thought that was harsh. And if you look at Gary Breen's analysis of him, it was extremely complimentary. Yeah. He loved it. A lot of people were complimentary about it. I thought he, he didn't do much wrong. He linked up with Walter as well. He he dropped deep and he, he started play again. It he did play well. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, right? Yeah. And Kerr says we've signed a new goalkeeper, Alan McManus. Alan McManus. Can't yeah. wait to see him play. There you go. Alan McManus. <laughs> I actually can't wait for Al to to get started because, I mean, t- if think about or t- think about the luck that we've had, we've had a horrible goalkeeping situation, right? Tomer is just not up to it anymore. That's being honest. He's not up to it. I, I, he wasn't this bad last season, so he's not playing well at all, right? Horgan starts the season, doesn't do well. Tomer comes in, then Horgan gets his place back and starts playing really well. Wins Player of the Month, then he gets injured. Then Tomer comes back in. That was really bad luck, in fairness. I think of the luck that we're having with no luck, and then Tomer comes back in, and then flops again. It's the sooner Al, Big Al comes in, the better. I cannot wait. What's the best he makes a mistake on day? <laughs> I think we'll forgive him though, even <laughs> oh if he God. does. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm saying nothing about Al. I've seen the size of him. I'm saying no <laughs> bad things about Al. Um, yeah, so that was it, and uh, there was a picture of Big Al sitting on the bench. Posted before the big game on Friday and it was just a, a breath of fresh air. Delighted to see him back. And I think Joe said before, he said, uh, we finally solved our goalkeeping problem since Alan Manis left in 2011 with Alan Manis. <laughs> so, um, yeah, delighted to see him back and I uh, can't wait to see him back in the nets. But we'll move on to the game and Carr, four minutes. What did I say to you just before the game? There was an early goal for... There's a banker of an early goal coming here. And how quick was he? It was it was actually a really good reaction from Rogers to save the Garten. impending OG. Garton nearly poked it in his own net. Yeah. How quick was Danny Kerr? Yeah, he how was quick? right on He it. is lightning quick and he got straight in there and a super finish. And um, really, really positive up until... Uh, we'll actually, we'll, we were really positive until he went injured, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But the we scored, st- we scored early against Cork too. Remember, we yeah. were one we nil up after three minutes. It's not, and last four. season we were the ones conceding early, so <laughs> it was uh, it was really unlucky. 
the when Aaron Bulger got absolutely chopped down on seven minutes. Referee was, bottled it. Bottled it big time. And it was a stonewall penalty. It's I just mean, because it was the seventh minute and we were one nil up, he says, well, I can't give that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's exactly what it was. And it was, it a, was stonewall a stonewall penalty. And the view from behind the goal was even more damning. I mean, he just chopped them down. He literally just chopped them down. Legs completely taken away and it was a penalty. Simple. And... It, like I said, he, he got it wrong. He really did get it wrong. That was Garland again. Garland had a bit of a mare the opening Garland's 20 minutes. Garland's a butcher, man. <laughs> but then when Shaw came on, Garland actually had him in his pocket. Yeah, in his pocket for yeah. most of the game. Yeah, because if it comes down to a physical battle, Garland is possibly going to win it. But it comes down to pace and trickery, which Danny Carr has an abundance and he made a show of him in 25 minutes. He hadn't a clue. He just resorted to a uh, brute force and it was just what he... Uh, Engaged in with Finner, who received, I think, a broken nose. We'll talk about that soon. But the car chance on 11 minutes, which I mean, I just pictured it hitting the back of the net. Yeah, it was a super save. Castrain looped it in and he was totally free. Yeah, he was, he's been, he's, um, Castrain has been showing some promise lately, mm-hmm. and um, it was a great ball in. And I think what you were saying to me just before we aired is. Carl Cairn said that it was he, he connected too well with it. Yeah. Which is, is, is a great show because he, he he couldn't have connected any better with it. But this is one that he wanted him to slice. If he just scuffed it to one side yeah, or something. Or down into the ground, yeah. it would have been done to eat Rogers. But he made himself big and it was a it was a great save in fairness. It's what a keeper should be doing in those situations, making himself big. I think he gave the old Schmeichel star jump and made himself big. So yeah. it was a I, I genuinely thought it was going to the back of the net and it was Personally, I thought it would have been game over at 2-0 there, but... I what Joel was doing there. Was he shooting or was he just I know, that was, that, was a, that was a looper. That was looping yeah. in and see what happens. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Definitely not a shot. And then we had... Jesus, there's a lot of talking points. We had the Lopez tackle on 13 minutes. And this was red all day. Lopez rocketed straight through him. Shot my grand half. This was a seriously bad tackle. And I was looking at a still from the game and Connolly was a little bit off the pace Ben Connolly the ref because he was maybe I'd say 25 yards off a couple of players in his in his way and the Lions the Lions woman did nothing for him either because she had full view so she realistically mm. should have said to him listen that's a that's a horrendous tackle he needs to go well they let play on Play actually continued on for a good 90 seconds. Uh, yeah, even more. And and we knew we were going to call him back. And we said, watch Dundalk swarm the ref straight after this. Even though yeah. it was maybe two minutes, 90 yeah. seconds, two minutes, they swarmed him. They weren't going to let him forget that. Yeah. And it's it's rare that that happens, that, a bo- that it's pulled back and a red is given. So he was never going to give the red because he didn't see it. So in the interest of fairness, we were furious last week that Dan Byrne wasn't shown a red. Yeah. So... I am annoyed at this. It went in our favour. I'm happy about that. But I'm, I am actually annoyed at the officiating at the moment. Yeah. It's just horrendous. Because it wasn't red all day, let's be honest. And then we move on to 24 minutes. This Those flashpoints left, right and centre. Only, we're only 25 minutes in and Carr was injured. And that was even before his bad tackle on... Garland. That was actually just after the Lopez Yeah, one. just after it. It so was, still, tackles, it was yeah. still in play, I think. Still in play, yeah. yeah. So he kind of... I think he was getting his own back because he was getting kind of roughed up by... Um, Actually, someone made a good point. The, you know, by Dundalk sort of bullied us in the game and got the better of us. Someone made the point that because 
the referee had led us away with that tackle, that Lopez tackle. That opened the door for Dundalk to do what they did and it, manipulate the ref. Yeah, it did. I mean, he's that was thinking, a good point. Yeah, and that's the thing about referees. They, they kind of let these... If they if they miss a decision, they'll try and compensate, which I, which I, which I think is bad for the game, which it seems to be the case there. Mm. It's Dundalk, we're all over us. But this was so unfortunate because Danny was running the muck in that first 25 minutes he, they couldn't no handle, one could cope no couldn't one could handle cope him, him yeah. at all nobody could cope with him couldn't handle it with us in general mm. like we, we were playing such a great tempo the first half hour playing really well and do you think Shields took him out? of course he did so it looked like of to me of course he did I'm telling you now in fairness to Shields he was excellent and I'm not I'm, I, the more I see Shields the more I'm impressed with him he, he was brilliant in that game and he just knows he just knows how to spread the ball in the right way at the right times, and he, he was excellent. But he's not he, he wasn't trying. To, I don't think he tried to injure him, but he hit him hard, as if to say, you know, you're in a game now. Let's see, let's see what you're made of. And and he clattered him. And uh, I don't I don't I don't like to think that players intentionally try and injure each other. I don't think it's like that. But he definitely hit him hard, as if to say, you know, you're in a game now. Which is what it's it's what it's it's a regular thing. So, um, disgusted with that injury, really am. So there's no, I don't even know how long he's out for. Has there been any um, news? I haven't heard an update on it. No, disgusted with that. And um, they came on to equalise then in the 37th minute, which which was a, I thought it was a well worked goal. Duffy was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, um, good cross, good header. Good cross, good header. Uh, I've been analysing this game with my wife since Friday night. And she felt Homer was poor on his line for that one. And she actually, funnily enough, right, we've been having this discussions over the whole weekend. And she... Is she going to replace me in the podcast? It's possible. We we were talking for like a couple of hours over the course of the weekend, the long weekend. She was disgusted with the way we sit off players. She she thinks that we invite pressure. Oh, well, the third, fourth and fifth goal. Absolutely, she was yeah. horrendous. She was disgusted with that. She she we were watching the back on Soccer Public, and even at the time, she was saying it. She's like, "Where are they standing?" The way we off? stood off Massey for the third goal. The way we stood off Duffy in general. Like Boyle has, I'd say he has three or four arseholes at this stage because he got ripped a new one left, right, and centre. Like Duffy shredded him, and she her point was she was like, "Why are we standing off and giving them so much space to attack us?" And if you watch it back on Soccer Public, she was just like, "Yeah, look, see." They are standing off because I wasn't giving. Did you her, have a pen and all. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't giving Tactic her. Tactics struck. I wasn't giving her the the ammo. I was saying to her, "Oh well, I'll, I'll watch it back." But I, I do agree to you, agree with you to a certain extent. I don't think we would have stood off like that, but it was blatant for the last couple of goals. She's like, "Look, they're just standing off. Why aren't they jogging? They're like they shouldn't be jockeying them. They should be getting up in their faces and pushing." I'm like, "Oh God, this is gonna be my weekend from now on. It's, it's crept in." <laughs> But um, it was it was a good header from Holman or Huben, and uh, I'm not it, saying Huben. It, it was it was well worked. So I refuse. Uh, and then Finner was the was the victim of. Uh, I, I, see, they didn't even show it. Didn't show Lopez tackle, or they didn't show this incident on Soccer Republic. What is the point of that show? Why are, why do they exist if they're not going to show flashpoints and important parts of the game, like the Lopez tackle? Why didn't they show that? That's a massive talking point. And why didn't they no show excuse, Finn yeah. being hauled off injured either? I don't think they showed uh, Danny Carr going off injured either. Like, I mean, they're missing so much. That's a massive factor in the game. Why aren't like why to aren't lose, they analysing this? For us to lose Danny and Ronan. Ronan was playing really well in the first half. He was getting control of the game, I thought. Like, I think it comes down to game management and 
they had a big bruiser, two bruisers in the middle of the park, Garland and, and Shields. And I think between themselves, they probably thought, you know, we have to eliminate the danger men here. We have to kind of hit them hard and, and see how it goes from there. And I think you might... Have, well, I've seen a few people say it was just a an honest collision. I'll I'll I, I, missed, I missed it myself. So yeah, I'll have to watch I'm it. But sure. like I said, well, how are we going to watch it back? Because we can't. Soccer yeah. public don't want to analyse these things. I'd love to know who compiles the videos and the analysis and says, all right, lads, there's what you have to deal with, Alan Cawley and uh, whoever else it is that week. You deal with this video analysis this week. I'd say they're looking at that going, where, where is the rest of the highlights? Will you ring Jose? Ask him to give us a long yeah, video. Yeah, Jose was up in the gantry, wasn't he? Mm. I don't think he's going to watch that back anytime soon, prof. Nightmare stuff. But that was the first half. Absolutely chock a block with talking points and chances and goals. And um, we st- we didn't start the second half too badly. I mean, they were putting a bit of pressure. But once again, right, absolute fucking carbon copy of the free kick we conceded in Daily Mount for the equaliser that um, Rob Cornwall scored. A stupid foul. Same thing. What did Eden Boyle do? He pushed him unnecessarily. Pushed Keith Ward unnecessarily out in Daily Mount Park. And we conceded a free kick. In a dangerous area. What did Lee Grace do? Put his hands up and pushed him for no reason. Why would you do that? Why are you putting your hands on another person in a football match and pushing him? That is a foul. That is a blatant foul. Why did he do it? In our own half, closer to the goal than Key Ward was, and the ball was whipped in, it was okay. floated in, I think, by Duffy. Only about seven or eight yards in the box. And we lo- yeah, yeah, and we lost Dan Cleary and. Uh, it was a good cushion header in fairness and straight over to our bench and what pissed me off about this was the lack of reaction from our bench. A player scored a goal in a tight game who has just injured two of your players. This team have, like, they've, they've hit your players hard. You've replaced Dan Carr and you've replaced Finn. This guy scores the goal who's been on pre-season with you for two weeks in Portugal. Goes to Dundalk on, like, on, on the click of a finger. I think we were just about to sign him. I don't know what the ins and outs of that. But then he runs to our bench. Celebrates a goal. Cup in his ear. And we do nothing. David Mack should have two-footed him. No players react. Nobody jumps up and says, whatever. No one reacts. So what is going on here? Pat Flynn would have two-footed him. Pat Flynn would have two-footed him. Pat Flynn just would have... He would have disappeared. Dan Cleary just would have... Where's Dan gone? <laughs> like, yeah, Pan just... Dan just made him disappear. It Why? Why didn't we react? And is, is that like a telltale sign of what's going on in the dressing room? That players just don't care anymore? Like, how can you let someone like that run at your bench? I know, fair enough, and people might say, oh, well, what do you want them to do? Will they jump up and, and have a fight? Show, show some fight, yeah. Show some sort of fight. Have, have, have a, at least be narky about it. At least be narky about it. At least get up and, and say to Ben Conley or who the fourth official is, look at that. He was cautioned in fairness, but mm-hmm. still, it's... It just it was an in, it kind of summed up our season at the moment, is is that that reaction, and it was really frustrating to watch, really frustrating to watch, especially him going to our bench and celebrating cup in his ear, you know. I think mm-hmm. after being told he wasn't gonna play much football if he did sign for us, there's a big debate over that now on Facebook, isn't there? Yeah, but I think in fairness he was off, he was got he was given a better deal at Dundalk, and he's mm-hmm. he's been ever present there. So the only question was, was the deal that we offered him too small? Well, you was, know it what, fair, was it a fair offer? Yeah, we, we did. We, as you say, we brought him to Portugal for two weeks. And let's not forget, we brought him to the squad launch. Everybody is getting a jersey. Yeah. Everybody's getting a number, and he's the only one sitting in that room who didn't get a jersey. How did that? How did that happen? 
That was a strange one. That was, a, that was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. They're all sitting around and he's pretty much just standing there. Everybody has a jersey. He's sitting there with the whole squad after being two weeks in Portugal with them and then doesn't get given a jersey or a number. But I think in the debate about this, I think it's disingenuous to say that we chose Gilchrist over Cleary because when we signed Gilchrist, Cleary wasn't available yet. Mm. So it wasn't a simply a case of we opted for Gilchrist over Cleary. We signed Gilchrist, then Cleary became available. So we had so much of our budget left. Yeah, we were we top sh- heavy with centre halves as we well. We were top heavy. We chose to sign Joey O'Brien, yeah. which no one could argue with. Yeah, true. If he plays, if if Joey doesn't play 15 games a season, I'm not sure if I can justify that signing yeah. then. Yeah, over Cleary. Because at the moment, as far as we know, he's fit. Hmm. So he's not playing. But it's it got, it just goes back to just it was I think it was badly handled. I mean, why was he even invited to that squad launch? Surely they knew they weren't going to give him one. Surely they knew beforehand he wasn't at the squad number. There's no way that was decided on the night. And then it just came back to to, to bite us because he's like I said he's been brilliant all season. And um, but there's been talk about uh, that if we were to sign him, he'd be loaned out to Finn Harps. Yeah, that was a rumor, alright. And I wouldn't use the sun. To back up that claim, because <laughs> this is the same guy who said we were signing imaginary goalkeeper of Sunderland. Same person said that we've won two games out of 15, when it's actually only 12. Mm. So let's not use the sun to back up our claims. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he actually made, to, to make it worse, he went to the trouble, I don't know what to think of this now, but he went to the trouble of actually creating a Twitter account, which he never had before, mm-hmm. and then tweeted a picture of it saying, doubt me now. So... There was feelings there. Anyway. Um, yeah, so as Nick Clark said, proof, if proof were needed, that Shamrock Rovers are and always will be Ireland's number one football club. This lad scores against us, sets up a Twitter account. His first tweet is about Rovers and not his current club. Enough said. Enough said. So, um, Dan Cleary, supposed Rovers fan, you are officially on the list of hatred. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a celebration like that against our bench and our fans, it has to be. It has to be put on it. I mean, it's stacking up now the list of ages, isn't it? So that's two players that were on trial with us pre-season, scored against us this season. Yeah. Coughlin was the other one. Coughlin, yeah. Got, uh, mm. Starting to play well for Bray. You did try and start a chance in this game, Gar. What was it again? Didn't give us a smoke. Actually, yeah, cut on. It did catch it cut on, on yeah. slightly, yeah. Cut on better than your Colm Horgan one. Yeah. That was too For cryptic. Sure. Too cryptic. Yeah. But Dylan, give us a smoke. It did. It did. Uh, it, cut, it caught on a little bit. But we had the third goal, which uh, was very, very frustrating. Once again, our goalkeeping situation has uh, come to the fore, and Dame Massey with a relatively weak shot. That I wouldn't call it weak. Yeah, uh, but well, there was power in it. Yeah, but it was right down his throat. It was a good shot with a bit of power in it. But it's on Thomas near post, and it's down his throat. Has to be saved. It has to be saved. Yeah, it's 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 just not good enough. So that that knocked the stuff on Elvis. It really did, and I didn't expect it as well. So quickly after Cleary scored, four minutes after Cleary scored, and they're on the offensive again. And then it just a goal go when a goal like that goes in, you just sit down. And you're like, what? Like what? What now? Like what do we do? It's just it just knocks the stuff on out of a fan when mm-hmm. when you when you can see the goal like that when. We were still in the game at 2-1. Apparently he responded. Yeah, we did. We did, but... Um, 
just to lead up to this uh, Pico goal, what's funny about this was Joel actually hit the crossbar twice in the space of a yeah, minute. Yeah, one was a floaty cross. One was like a weird cross, overhead cross, hit the outside of the bar. And then a minute later, he actually hits a really good curling shot. Lefty, yeah, with a lefty. That crashes back off the bar. And then Pico, Great finish from Pico, Pico put in the rebound. Very hard yeah. to do. I mean, ball coming at my pace and buried it. So that was... 71 minutes, so we thought we were back in it. Gave the crowd a huge lift. Huge lift, and then literally, from tip, Benson goes up and scores. I have a time here for you. Go on, give us a... 51 seconds. 51 seconds, and that was because... I think we're giving Lee Grace a pass on this, because Lee Grace likes to start to play from the back, and fair enough, it's a mistake in our own half, which is, which is something that's been ever-present this season. He tried to play the ball out and he, we're trying to get back into the game at this stage. He's he's trying. He, he didn't do this on purpose and I think he gets a pass because he's been excellent all season. And it's it's something that we need to stamp out of our game because this is... How, how many defensive errors have we made over the last two seasons? Many times have we shot ourselves in the foot. Shot ourselves like in this. the foot. Big time. How many times have we done it? And it's very frustrating as a fan. But he gave the ball away and... I think he gave it directly to... Did he give it directly to Benson? But he, No, he gave it directly ben, to... Benson was pressuring him. He gave it to McGrath. McGrath slipped in Benson. Then, but in the blink of an eye, he slipped in Benson. And, and Benson in the once net. again. What's his record like now against us? Excellent, excellent player. Ten career goals he, against he us. He could have been in that squad. He, he could have been... I've always been a big fan of He's his. brilliant. I really, really admire Benson Even as back a in his early UCD days. I and what a finish. Him as a what a finish. Posting yeah. in. No keepers getting to that. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. Excellent finish, and um, five minutes later, he made it five two with another lovely finish from an Adornan. This was assist. possibly the worst goal, though. Yeah, it, the it way was, he ghosted in the box. It was just it was like we gave up, wasn't it? It was like the team just like ah, you know, we're we're we're, dis- we're despondent now, or we're losing. It, it's like they gave up, and it it, it 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 I think it sparked a mass walkout as well. So. It's not looking good at the moment, Prof. You ready for my dreaded stats? Give us your stats. Oh, jeez. <laughs> First time we lost by a score of 5-2 since losing to Galway at the RDS in January 1994. Whoa. Actually won the league that season. Stat. Oh. Won the league a few months after losing 5-2 at home to Galway. Imagine that. First time since Richmond Park 2012 that we conceded five goals in a league game. The dreaded 5-1. Yeah. We did concede five to Cork in the cup a couple of years ago. Killian Brennan playing left full. And first time we conceded five goals at home in a league game since a 5-3 defeat to St. Pat's at Talca Park in 2003. Wow. Just breaking records all season, aren't we? (laughs) Good and bad records, yeah. Just now defensive record, though. I mean, I think people are going a bit over the top that suddenly we have a a bad defence, right? So, because going into this game, here was the goals conceded table, right? Okay. Dundalk 8, Cork 12, Rovers 17, Waterford 22, right? Comfortably in the top three. Right. Best defensive record. And even after this, after conceding five in one game, it's now Dundalk 10, Cork 14, Rovers 22. That's six less than Pats. And way down in third worst is Derry with 36. They are shipping the goals. 
So let's not pretend that we've got the worst defence in the league or something here. I know we don't, but it's 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 it all it all boils down to those individual mistakes that are absolutely killing us. But here's my point: those individual mistakes have been costly because we've not been scoring more than one game, more yeah. than one goal. If Berkey doesn't provide a bit of magic or Carr doesn't score, and we make one mistake, then we draw or lose. It's game over, yeah. And 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 the thing is as well, these these mistakes are. Like if you if you look back on Brad's reign, and like it, it's it's littered with these mistakes. I mean, if we go back two seasons, and look at the amount of mistakes that's been made, individual errors, and and indiscipline, it's rife. It really is, and I don't know how to fix that. How do you fix that? How do you get inside someone's head? How do you get inside all this squad's head and and try and fix those individual errors? I think it's confidence. I think if we won five games in a row, we would be make wouldn't be making these stupid mistakes. But we can't even win two in a row at the moment. Mm. No, we certainly can't. But there was um, a couple of uh, good talking points with Brandon Cavanagh. I think it's his first appearance since he signed his professional contract. Yeah, he did come on in Bray before that. So listen, he's been uh, he's been he's been very positive, and it's it's good to, that we're bringing in these guys, and they do look like they can fit in in the fourth team. He squad. looked I mean, excellent when he came yeah, on. Yeah, he's only seventeen. Played some really nice passes, yeah. and he was looking for the ball. He's different to Aaron, isn't he? He's he's yeah. more of an attacking flair type player. Yeah, Aaron's a bit of nitty gritty. You mentioned Aaron. Me and Robert Goggins were talking afterwards. We had the exact same thought, and that it was reminiscent of when we lost five 0 to Cork. In Tada. Mm. Guess who came on for his debut that night? Aaron Bolger. Aaron Bolger, yeah. And do you remember how well he played? Yeah, came on. And, and he seemed to have a knack of playing well against Cork because he, he bossed yeah. them a few times. And he made a show of Killian Brennan that night. Yeah, it's always a good thing. And tonight, he kind of, you know, he kind of, let's be honest, he showed Greg Bolger what he should have been doing yeah, he all kinda, game. He kind of huffed and puffed, didn't he? Didn't uh, Greg did. Mm. But like once again, it's just, it's a, it's a very frustrating time to be a Rovers fan. Because nothing, nothing has fallen for us. Nothing is is um, is working out at the moment, as regards to on, like just football in terms. I mean, we just seen once again, like you said, we seem to be shooting ourselves in the foot constantly, hmm. not giving ourselves a chance. And um, it's it, the fans are starting to, to to speak as well. The attendance was still decent enough. Now it's two thousand eight hundred, and uh, the ultras also had displayed a banner after the full time whistle. It's not working out. Enough is enough, and a we want Bradley out chant. Yeah, this was by far the loudest so far. I mentioned it in Sligo. There was like a little pocket of fans singing it, but this time it was actually our whole, almost our whole section chanting that. And I actually saw the reaction of some people around me who weren't saying it, right. and they looked really shocked at how suddenly it came on and and how vocal it was. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So the player, Bradley didn't come over to the fans either. Hmm. So here's the thing. You've got the players coming over to clap the fans, right? Well, about three of them did. But they're still they're still coming over. And there's a, enough is enough. It's not working out. There's a banner. Hmm. And they can hear the fans singing, we want Bradley out. So how does that affect our dressing room? They're know. obviously, players talk. And I mean, we can hear singing. No matter if the player if the players didn't walk over to the crowd, they can hear that song when they're walking into the dressing room. They saw the banner, there's, there's mm. none, and if they didn't see it, other players told them about it. What if we had won though? Would the banner have gone up? I don't know, but I think the the severity of the loss 
is why the banner went up. I think that because of the five two and we pretty much capitulated. I think that's why it went up. But how does that bode for the dressing room now? How does that how how like our players are going to that dressing room now, and they're all sitting around, and all the fans want them out. Well, not all the fans, but there's a good proportion of fans that want Bradley out, and they're putting banners up, they're singing songs about wanting them out. How does that reflect in the dressing room? Like, how do players react to that? It was bad. Do they rally point. around Bradzer? It was bad. And they say, no, let's do it for Bradzer. Yeah, do they rally around Bradzer? I think it was last season, it was only about six games in. And there was a lot more time left. But as we're going to mention in a minute, it's actually kind of hilarious how near fourth we are. We're three points off fourth. I text you this and I said, we can still, we can still do this. It's I, very possible. I genuinely started laughing to myself out loud. Yeah. I just saw the lead table. I was like, what is going <laughs> how, on here? How are we this close to fourth? But the thing is as well, we have to actually start playing good football and, and, and winning games while these other teams are, are screwing up as well. Like, everyone's a fucking screw up bar Dundalk and Cork. It's a mental league this season. It's nuts. It's not just us who's up and down. I mean, Pats won four in a row and now they've lost three in a row. There you've lost four of the last five. And as, as I said, they've got the third worst defence in the league. The team that we're competing with for Europe have the third worst defence in the league. And they've lost quarters. So that once again, Nicky Shields is, or, or um, Kenny Shields is having to rebuild. And he, I see on Twitter a lot of people want him to go. Want Shields to go? Yeah. Well, really? I won't say a lot, but, but I, there is, I, there I'm is seeing shows. people say that, yeah. They're not happy with him, but yeah. I mean, this is this is something that he has to deal with every season. Where he has to rebuild and and do do the same thing again. Then here, here, everything is kind of working in our favor as regards to our rivals, because Waterford lost Figaro, so he's gone. That'd be a big loss. Yeah. That's a massive loss. He's a great goalkeeper. I don't know who they have to replace him. You have are they going to keep uh, Duffus? Duffus is probably going to go unless they agree another loan deal. So that's mm-hmm. their strike. That's that's the core. You're looking at the, your striker who's getting the goals. And you have their goalkeeper who was playing brilliantly. You've got Derry in free fall. Well, this is when we need to take this opportunity by the bollocks and just start playing well and 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 capitalise on other teams who are who are struggling and what they've been doing to us all season. We've been struggling all season as well, but teams have been capitalising on us. But now they're starting to struggle. This is where we need to step up and say, okay, we actually have a chance to go on and do well now because the other teams are just falling falling all around us. It's it's a crazy league this year, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, so Bradzer had an interview with the42.ie and he said, I understand the fans' frustrations. I think if you look at the players tonight, no one in the stadium could tell me that each and everyone didn't play for us, play for me, play for the jersey. Changing hasn't worked for the club since when. We need to believe in what we're doing and what we do, so stay with it. So he's pretty much saying, don't sack me. Is that, what he's, is that what he's leaning towards? I mean, it is because well, he's saying... He was obviously asked a question, though, wasn't he? Yeah, so changing hasn't worked for the club since since when. Which he, he's, he's right. We're, we're, we've, mm. been, we've been changing managers. And, and the one thing I didn't want us to do was to turn into a, one of those bastard clubs. Like, like, let's be honest, Leeds at the moment. Who just sack managers constantly and get nowhere. But we're not playing... We're not, we're not doing exactly... We're not, we're not really playing champagne football and doing well on the pitch. But... Do do we sack him and what do we do? What's the alternative now? So let's say Bradley does get the chop. What happens? Who do you bring in? How long is it going to take for that new manager to enforce his style and his his, his game plan on that squad? 
can that can this new manager invigorate the new squad or can we just stick with Bradley and hope well whatever your opinion on whether Bradley should uh, stay or go I think we can all agree the idea of rebuilding again is horrible horrible it's it's the stuff of nightmares prof imagine having to do all that bullshit again and then if it doesn't work out in another 18 months or a year do it again so I think we spoke about this earlier on in the year saying that would you accept a fourth or fifth place finish if we could do something really positive? Not now, based on the table. No, because that, so, that is there for the taking. Anything below fourth is... And the players need to realise that. no way acceptable. No, not at all. But look at it. It's there. We're three points off. Like we, we, we laughed about earlier on. We're three yeah. points off fourth. We, we can put a couple of wins together. Like we've got Bray on Saturday. 100% should win that game. I know their tails are up a little bit at the minute and they, they beat Pats 3-1, but we ha- we have to beat Bray and then we can go on and think we have, after that we've Limerick away. That's six points. Well, if you've noticed the discussion lately, a lot of it is on on transfers. I mentioned the Gilchrist versus Cleary one, but a lot of it is some fans, are they willing to trust Bradzer with another transfer window? That seems to be a common theme right now. Yeah. We've got Manus coming in, which is... Brilliant. Excellent stuff, yeah. You can turn it around. We can get your... Definitely think we could turn around, but this also goes back to what our next Monday Madness guest said not too long ago, Jason Maloney. He said there's going to be a lot of football to be played when Madness does come into the team. Mm. I think another 12 games after that. That's a lot of football to be played. Some people don't, don't think it is, but it is. It's a lot of football. Like Jason Maloney said, it's a lot of football to be played. And if we could string together maybe six wins... Of eight or nine, just give me two wins, Gary. Never mind your six. If we put together some sort of form while Alan Manis is in goal towards the the business end of the season, I always said that the third series is massive. If if like that's when that's when you need to start getting form. We're in it now, aren't we? We're in it now. This is that's the thing. We're in it now. We've lost. We've we've a point Hmm. over over first two games. If we go on and we if if we do pick up form while Manis comes in, which I think we will. I think that might give the team a little lift having a goalkeeper of that stature and goal and just having because let's be honest when you watch 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 the highlights again right and if you did record the whole game watch the whole game again our players are hesitant to pass the ball to Tomer and that completely it, it takes out an option that we really need to have as a team because it then invites pressure on because our only ball is forward and we don't get to relieve the pressure of the centre halves and the defenders by knocking it back to the keeper because they, they're they hesitant to do that just on that point actually someone made a good point with that a strong keeper has a knock on effect 100% if you've got a strong keeper then these ridiculous fouls that Boyle and Grace have made then maybe they don't happen and then maybe the set pieces don't happen and then you're keeping clean sheets and then again even if they do persist with the, with the silly fouls and, and these mistakes you've got Alan Manison go you're a little bit more confident of defending it then. You're mm. a little bit more confident of your keeper dominating his box. And you're thinking, okay, fair enough we gave away a foul, but we've had a Manison goal. This guy is an absolute man mountain and a confident guy, and we trust him. Therefore, even if Last you are... Last in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah and there, if, even if you do, under a bit of pressure like a centre-half, he, he will have no problem in passing the ball back to Alan Manis because he knows that's Big Al. He's... he's we, we can trust him but it doesn't seem like that's the case now at the moment even Horgan there's a little bit more trust in Horgan as he was picking up form but now at the moment with Tomer they don't seem to want to pass the ball back to him I have to say one of the most negative things for me of this whole season has been 
the looks our defenders have been shooting back at our goalkeepers. It's really mm, irking me. Murderous looks. And I understand them to an extent because there's been mistakes. But I should, why have I seen that seven or eight times? Why have I seen Gilchrist shoot a look at Tomer? Four or five times now. Hey, you ball bag! Well, I, I shouldn't be seeing me, me send it back looking at my goalkeeper like that. It's oh, crazy. It's they and we've we've noticed this a couple of times, like you said. It's they're, they're shooting death stares yeah. at the guy. So it's Scottish stares, which is even worse. Scottish stares. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. I think because um, yeah. it's uh, we we could go on for a while. But the one of the angry twins, one of the O'Dwyers, was interview on Air Sport, and uh, he was angry. Yeah, that was Keith O'Dwyer. And uh, Paul O'Connell mentioned that. He said, about four of us uh, turned away when your man from air asked us for a few words. And Keto says, it was shy. Just shy. And then Paul says, your man from air says, can you say that without colourful language? And then Keto says to him, it was shy. <laughs> uh, he spoke the truth, in fairness. Um, everybody was frustrated, so it's understandable. Surprised they even aired it. Was, was it live? I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, we move on to the other results on the Friday. And we had Bray with a great win at home. 3-1 St. Pat's. And uh, they beat Pat's 3-1. The, they, were, they were very good by all accounts. A couple of Pat's lads said they were said, uh, Bray were excellent. And they played really well. Derek Gibbons scored his first goal for Bray. A former su- Robbers on the 19s player. Yeah, su- super run from Roy Fall all the way up and buried into the top corner. It was a it was a great performance from them. The young Corey Galvin playing as well, who had a great game. Conan Bourne was very complimentary complimentary of him on um, greatest league in the world. Conan's starting to lose the touch now. He's he's missing the chances he used to always take, and like I said, might have to stick to teaching. And we had Cork City beating Waterford 3-0. Comprehensive win in Turner's Cross. So that's Waterford. Once again, we spoke about teams around us starting to f- going to free fall. Mm. This is when we need to capitalise on it. Well, they hammered Derry 4-0 the yeah. previous weeks. It's, league makes no sense. It's all over the shop. And then a shock 2-0 loss at home for Derry at the Brandywell. So they are in serious free fall. And this is when, like I said, we have to start taking advantage of this. Sligo, who, who can't buy yeah. a win, beating 2-0. Sligo tend to do this, though. They tend to pull out these wins out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's a little bit different as well because they like to think it's a derby, don't they? Sterry and Sligo, some sort of derby. So um, maybe form goes out the window with that one. And then we Limerick, who drew one all with Boaz. And on the Monday, Cork beat Derry 4-2. So goals galore in that one. Derry came from two down at one stage. Yeah, they were doing well. They pulled it back to two all, but uh, were beaten 4-2 in the end. And then we Alan Cawley, who has become a bit of a hay figure for Rovers fans at the moment because he does seem to have a tinge of bias when he speaks on Rovers and uh, he spoke about our project on Soccer Republic which a lot of people did agree with and said I'll do he does have a bit of bias towards Rovers Rovers he he spoke about projects needing to have um, development and progress and he does have a bit of a point Prof but just on the word project itself Gary I don't recall Brazzer ever using that word. Yeah, true. I could be wrong. I don't recall a player saying in an interview. Therefore, is this project word a media invention? Possibly. Project would be 
if we're talking about if, uh, by that I'm I'm looking when I see the board, the world project I immediately think the roads though and their youths our youth system but when it's said when it's used to describe a manager what you're actually saying is we're giving this guy three years no matter what that's the insinuation yeah in fairness actually but that's we, a good point that's not coming from our side though yeah the Who, media are using the word project have you ever heard of anyone else referring to any other club's manager's tenure as a project nope it's actually is, are we going back to the whole hmm. anti-rovers media again Maybe he's been listening to podcasts where you, where you say Roadstone Project. Yeah, maybe so. Every yeah. week, yeah. <laughs> but when I hear Project, I think of the Roadstone mm-hmm. and our, our, our now advanced... And another one, five-year plan. Whoever said that? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, I think I'm agreeing, which is on the, on the anti-Rovers bias once again. Are they mixing that up with the FEI strategic five-year plan? But they, they just like kicking us when we're down, though. Yeah, Gareth, it's the second week in a row that I couldn't bring myself to watch... Soccer Republic. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit of a masochist, so I enjoy mm. I enjoy the pain. Well, here's the thing though, we haven't won a game on a Friday since March thirtieth. We haven't won a game on a Friday. No, we've won two of our last twelve games, thirteen if you throw in Longford, and they're both midweek games. So we haven't won on a Friday or a weekend since March thirtieth. Therefore, there hasn't been an episode of Soccer Republic. Where we won our most recent game since April second. Wow! Soccer Republic stats and everything. Yeah, it's killing us. It is. It's a, it's a bad patch to say the least. But the thing is, I guarantee you we'll hit form. I guarantee you we'll string a couple of wins together, and we'll end up in a really good position. I'm telling you. You guarantee me? No, I, I, not not towards the end of the season. I'm saying I guarantee we will string a couple of wins together, right? And we'll end up in a good position. And We'll probably just get our hearts broken again, but there will be there will be another topsy turvy torn as regards to this season. We will put string a couple of wins together. There's no there's no way we can go on with our form being up and down like this. I genuinely feel, as we discussed earlier, that the first five games Manus plays is going to have a massive positive effect. Right, I know you love predicting matches, Prof. I refuse. <laughs> right, first five games from Manus, right? I don't know what the air for no, con- it could be, could be Europe. You have to remember my my prediction at the start of the season was Shaw to score twenty goals. Have you conceded your bet with Tuddy? No, no, not at all. And I'm still waiting on my draw. We you mean it. you're not going to pay him? We That's did the, we did the Ratmines glass draw, and he's fixing it. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I'm going to pull out fucking Italy. They're not even in the they're not even in the World Cup. But I'm still waiting on a Tuts. We want it done live on Facebook, so no cheating. And um, yeah, so uh, we keep going off. This this is a bit of a mad uh, episode. This we keep going off on a tangent. Uh, we'll move back to our uh, League of Ireland news with the Limerick players who hadn't been paid by the weekend, and they were told they could leave. And I was looking through the squad, and I don't think I think it's anyone I take. I'll tell you who I'd take. Who would you take? Brendan Clark? No, Barry Maguire. Barry Maguire. Yeah, this guy has pedigree. He's always had pedigree. What? So why, what's going on there? What, what is he doing in Limerick? Boy, he's way too good for this league, probably. There's something going on. Maybe he runs the drug cartel down there. It's all a front. <laughs> from from his base in Amsterdam. Give me Barry Maguire. Yeah, he was a... A Dutchman with a Cork father. Just, yeah. just for that alone, I want to see him here. <laughs> yeah. Barry Maguire. Yeah, who else have they got? They got, in fairness, Danny Morris. He's been playing well up front for them. He's got a lovely goal against us, but you still wouldn't take him. Billy Dennehy at left full, Brendan Clark and goal. 
now it's quite a young team Connor Clifford now I don't think there's anyone that could kind of fit into Arsk. Um and we had Chris Forrester who has joined Aberdeen I think this is a very shrewd move because they play good football it's a good standard in the SBL they've, they've mm. got a good couple of Irish lads as well I think the gaffer that signed them might have got sacked at Peterborough and then he was put on the transfer list but he signed a three year deal at Aberdeen so he's going to be linking up with the likes of Adam Rooney Um not too sure there's another couple of Irish lads there but that's that's a good signing that's a really good signing for Aberdeen and then we had Owen Garvin leaving St. Pat's mm. and I said this to some Pat's fans in work and they're they, they would have rather held on to him so I didn't see much of him in fairness I can't really judge him as a player but he I think he's had injuries this season has he? yeah possibly but the, it's been a mutual decision to let him live and he said he's heard he's coming to us and he called him a baller. He says he's a baller. So I don't Please, know. Please, no more central uh, midfielders. Yes, we have enough central midfielders. Uh, Even our wingers are central midfielders. Give us a winger, yeah. Give us give us a pacey winger. And then we done talk. We'll be Bowles, 3-1 the Leinster Senior Cup on Tuesday night. And uh, we'll be at home to them in the quarterfinals. So, uh, the drive for 20 is on. The drive for 20 is on. Our only... Bit of silverware this season, possibly, and we hit Dundalk as well. They had a, a squad of uh, young players playing as well. Same with Balls, Balls played quite a young squad. Ronald Murray scored. Yeah, I think he might have been brought on, but either way, it was uh, experimental teams to say the least. And then we had the Ireland friendly with USA on Saturday. Borky's big moment, an eight past eight kickoff. What was that about, Prof? I don't know. I was hoping you Are could you nearly explain. sure it was USA advertisements? Yeah. So who, who was it that said it probably an eight-minute Gatorade ad? Yeah, or you had some M&M's <laughs> ad or uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> an eight-minute Gatorade ad. So Borky made history and um, it's fantastic stuff. Really, really happy to see him start in his preferred position as well not being played mm. out wide not being he's in the position that he loves in the 10 role and linking up the play very well he was excellent but um, he scored the most non-Graham Burke goal ever not, is he, do you know what it's just crazy isn't it he, like he's scoring world he's left right and centre <laughs> crackers and then he, I, it could have been over the line by the time he touched it it was that close yeah. so the 6 the six inch king remember we were in, in, six uh, inch assassin remember we were in Rosedown a few weeks ago we were talking to him and I was like can you score a tap in or something yeah, yeah there, there you go goes, see, see the smile on his face ah, I was brilliant when he was subbed off proud as punch uh, like yeah. every Rovers fan was and do you know what I purposely <coughs> sat down with a couple of beers and watched it which is something that I haven't done in years with Ireland because yeah. we're, we're kind of we're not anti Ireland was just we've kind of lost love for the national team over but the last few years especially friendly though that is genuinely the first friendly I've sat down and watched for 90 minutes in years possibly Brazil the one we attended Jesus possibly that remember that one years ago, yeah. 15 years ago 15 years ago we mentioned the begrudgery and Dublin Live that he actually ran a poll titled was Graham Burke right to tap in Daryl Lennon's goal-bound shot is that a rhetorical question because that is dumb. <laughs> Do you know what? It's good or journalism, I thought. Yeah, this. that's that's the but truth, it and it just goes down to this. Is probably anti. It's probably League of Ireland bias again, where they're looking at that and they're thinking, "Look at this fella, League of Ireland striker tapping in, taking all the glory." It's it's like where did that stem from? Why would they even start that 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 poll? Like, what's the point? 
if an American defender snuck in and cleared it off the line, where would the Paul be then? Like, what's the point? You look like an Egypt then, wouldn't what you? What is the point in that Paul? It's like you said, gutter journalism. In fairness, uh, Dara looked delighted for him. I know he was making his debut, and he did love the goal Apparently, too. Apparently, he's really popular in the dressing room. He came mm. in and he lit up the training ground in every sense, football and, and personality wise. Just seems to be a genuinely nice guy. Whenever we we talk to him, he's a lovely fella. Yeah. Gentleman and he's well spoken and he handled the media very well all week. Do you know? Ah, that? Hey, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously he's got the thick <laughs> the thick Dublin accent, but I mean he is he speaks well. Oh he's a great guy and like I said, apparently he went in and they all you could see the reaction when he scored, you know, he's yeah. he's a good guy. And it was a race of the nerds, Gar. Race be, a nerd race. To be first with this stat. <laughs> I wasn't quite first, I think I came third. Because I was working on my grammar. That's why I was late. Go on. No tech yeah. speak for the prof. Yeah. No, I can't be having that. Yeah. First League of Ireland goal scorer to score for Ireland since Ray Tracy in 1978. What? 40 years. Ray Tracy in 78. And who did Ray Tracy play for, prof? He played for Roberts. Played for the hoops. Yeah, it was a 4-2 win over Turkey. And now it's down road. Tracy scored twice. Actually missed a penalty as well. He could have got the hat-trick. Could have had a hat-trick. John Joyce scored the opener, so there was actually two Rovers players on the score sheet that day. Unbelievable. And Noel Sinnott also played. What a stat. People just loading that one up. I thought you would have had it loaded up and ready to fire now, in fairness, prof. Disappointed, prof. Disappointed. List of hatred. I was happy with my numbers, though. <laughs> Hashtag numbers. Hashtag numbers. Uh, Ian Garrigan, a fan. Current Rovers player starting for Ireland was something I thought I can only read about in the history books. Hoping the likes of Ennis Stevens, who's gone over five years, or Hunty, playing a long time after leaving Rovers, was the closest thing I thought I'd see. The talent in the academy leads me to think that Borky won't be a once-off, which hopefully is the case. Because we have some starlets coming through. Daniela Bogdanov, give it a bog. Hmm. In fairness, this could have been Trevor Clark this year. Yeah, I think so. The injury. And that's that just it just goes back to it again. One of the one, the most exciting player I've seen play for Rovers in years, Trevor Clark, and he gets a horrendous injury like that. And we're, we've been blighted with bad looking injuries. I honestly reckon it's. I, I'm blaming Tommy Kelly's gypsy course. It has to be. Tommy Kelly and his gypsy course has ruined Rovers this season. Thanks, Tommy. We finally got to the bottom of the problem. Finally got to, he's gonna have what what did Barry Fry do when he heard Peterborough had a, a course on him, he took a piss in each corner flag. So maybe that's what we have to do. Get Brad's out. drink a lot of water. Oh god. Following Rovers, what? Now, so um congratulations as well to Ender who came off the bench to earn his fourth cap in the same game. So still one of my favourite fullbacks I've ever seen at Rovers. Yeah. Him and his slalom-like runs in and out, weaving in and out of defences, having a really good season. He played a serious amount of games for Sheffield United last season as well. Yeah, I was hoping he'd get promoted. but uh, Unfortunate, yeah. Didn't work out. And hopefully there was a clause in his contract there, Gar, that oh. when he went to Villa, a few spawns go to us. I think we would have known about that by now. I think that would have been circulating. So um, hmm. he could get a move. We'll find out if we do have a few quid parked off there hopefully it wasn't just a Villa friendly and that was it yeah, no, which, that was which seems to be the case at times doesn't it all we needed was Conor O'Malley to come on for the Rovers hat-trick but uh, Colin Doyle played at 90 minutes in both games Colin Doyle yeah did you notice Peterborough actually tweeted a congratulations to Conor O'Malley Conor O'Malley on winning his first cap Where did they and he didn't that? play so they had to delete it oh no 
Talk about that a heller. That was a heller, yeah. yeah. And with Martin O'Neill, he received a lot of criticism for what he said about Bork afterwards. He said it was a tough game from tonight. I wasn't expecting miracles. It was lovely for him to score a goal. 10 or 15 minutes of the game passed him boy, but it was lovely for him to score. He is an exceptionally nice footballer and has a superb attitude in training during the week. So, um, yeah, a little bit harsh, but maybe it's, you know... A lot of people came down hard on him. Keeping him in check, maybe, is the case here. Um, like we talked about him being analysed earlier on by Gary Breen and a couple of other uh, pundits, they were all very very happy with his, his, his overall game and he, I thought he mm. did play well like he dropped deep held mm. on to the bell his ball retention is brilliant <laughs> he, he really was, is he was constantly looking for the ball and finding pockets of space so how can you say that the game is passing him by as he's as his off the ball work is so good no one would pass to him that was mm. a problem like McLean was one of the biggest culprits I thought not, McLean not had getting his head up awful game he was terrible he really was and as good as he is he was misplaced passes just just terrible. Really was poor. So, mm. yeah, he was a culprit, all right. And uh, a lot of people pointed out that Bork's intelligent runs were just being ignored. And John Bourne said he's actually too sophisticated to benefit from Ireland's troglodyte tactics. Massive fan of the word troglodyte. Troglodyte. It just yeah. rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And if you recall, I actually asked Paul Curry to spell that in questions from the East End last season. And he was furious that I, I picked that word. And he he failed miserably, didn't he? He couldn't spell it, no. Borky's the most naturally gifted player I've seen since the golden triumvirate of Tony Sheridan, Liam Coyle and Mark Kenny. So great uh, quote from John Bourne. And uh, someone tweeted, the game of football bypassed Martin O'Neill about 15 years ago. The dinosaur. <laughs> as, uh, as Maloney said, you could tell that Borky just had a better football brain than most of his teammates. And uh, a quote from Fielding Warren about O'Neill. He said, O'Neill's quote, it sounds to me almost like an early excuse for him to omit Burke from the competitive games coming up. So he's trying to cover his cover himself for the up- upcoming games. I think that's yeah. a good show. I don't think he'll, as as harsh as it sounds, I don't think he'll put him in a competitive squad while he plays for Rovers. I don't think he will. He did call the Porgan and Boyle for a competitive World Cup qualifier. Okay, then I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you and your stats. Damn you, prof. Uh, what else have we got? We have Bill Gleason from the Junior Hoops. He said um, he saw Pat Bourne play against Uruguay when he was 11 years old, and this time he brought his 11 year old son to see Graham Bourne play against the USA. Fergus McCormick tweeted a picture of his young lad at his first Ireland game and his favourite Rover player. Rovers player scores, so fantastic occasion for imagine, everybody there. Imagine being that kid. Oh, man. Yeah. Excellent stuff, yeah. Interesting note as well, that, Gary, that it was the one-year anniversary of Berkey kicking Pat Craig up the air. Yeah, I love that. What a difference a year makes. That was a yeah. great post-prof. Loving uh, the observant nature of you again, once again. Uh, I can't take credit for that one. Just take the credit, Prof. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh, Macdara Ferris straight from his ET Sportscast appearance. His article on Mick Leach was in the Ireland programme that night and he listened to our interview with Mick we did last September for a bit of inspiration. It's good to see we can inspire some scholars like Macdara Ferris. Yeah, Macdara was over in Paris for, to see uh, Berkey's debut. He's quite the globetrotter, isn't he? Yeah, he was trying to get Berkey to sign his programme. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you got it in the end. Tell him, tell him we look after him. <laughs> look, we'll look after you, McDowell. We, 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 we can sort that out. We're buds now. Wilson <laughs> Berkey. 
So, um, yeah, so Preston Prof, uh, apparently they were watching him. The Irish connection is back. And the Irish Independent reported that there was a posse of championship clubs eyeing him up, has a year and a half left on his contract, and he would be at least 250k. So, what do we think of that? Him and Sean Maguire linking up. Alan Brown mm-hmm. as well, the big Irish contingent at Preston. Maybe Kevin Caban is having a war there. He has links there. Maybe he's doing a bit of scouting and could be uh, linking them up there. But I would expect a bit or two in the summer anyway. <clears throat> no, we're looking half a million. Half a million uh, is what we want, definitely. Add-ons, friendlies, uh, sponsorship for the podcast, the whole lot. Eating Petries for free for a year. Yeah, that's it. We'll try and organise that with the beef shake and pints. So we have... Uh, Graham had done a lengthy interview for the club about playing for Rovers in Ireland. You should see that video up sometime on Thursday. So, and he was talking about the whole experience in the Ireland setup and the camp and uh, some great stuff. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah, he really is. And like Lukey said, they were in Paris as fans not too long ago, and now Borky is donning the the green shirt and playing for his country. So it's a. Uh, it's, a, it's it's fantastic for him. I'm I'm really happy considering he, he is a, he is a, it's 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 a great story because Ozan Paul Ozan, I shared his sentiments because he spoke about kids going abroad in the greatest league in the world at 15 and 16 and he completely disagrees with it unless they're giving you a massive contract like a three year youth contract and a two year pro contract and they're really really looking after you then. It's okay for you to go abroad. But other than that, if you look at all the horror stories of all these kids coming home, and Borky's one of them. Borky's one of these guys who came home at maybe, what, 20 and had nothing to his name. And now he has built his, up his reputation, had a fantastic couple of seasons with Rovers, got an Ireland cap and a goal while playing for us, and now he is pretty much, it's a foregone conclusion apparently that he will be gone. Apparently when he came home to us, he was thinking about getting a taxi licence and just being part time it doesn't surprise me I mean that's what people do they need to look at an alternative form of income because they're, they're despondent when they come home they're looking at it thinking who am I going to play for the dream is pretty much over my dream of playing in England as a professional footballer is crushed I'm back at home in Dublin where I started so where do you go from there so a massive massive fucking applause there's, there's, for him for doing that there's two stories in the way there's, there's the time when he came home up to now and as you said it was exactly one year on when he got that second red card. And let's be honest, a lot of people wanted him out of the club. Yeah, there was a lot of people, yeah. He was seen as a, as a bad influence. But um, he is... And th- that's one aspect of our discipline that has improved is Borky. Borky's improved his discipline, but as a, as, as a team and overall... But Joey O'Brien and Peter are still chopping people. Yeah. Joey thought we had... Uh, what? Joey thought we... You'll, you'll hear Joey's thoughts on our red card count in a while. <laughs> So, um, we'll go on to our Roadstone project. And we have the Rovers on the 17s who have won 8 out of 8 in the league. They are knocking the arse off every team they come across. They had a shock 2-0 defeat to UCD at the Roadstone in the Mark Farron Cup last Wednesday. That was a shock. That was a shock, yeah, considering they have been steamrolling teams. UCD are only 7th in the table. Don't seem to be one of the better teams. Would it be a case of... Playing a understrength squad, possibly considering they might be looking at the league. It's only a cup. I don't know. We'll have to look a little bit into it. It was the first round of the cup. Remember last year they were knocked out in the quarterfinals to Bowles. Yeah, we were at that game. Remember, only other unbeaten team were actually Bray. So 
they're up there a challenger for Roberts for the, the title. So then the following Saturday, 17's made it nine wins out of nine, Gar. Nine wins out of nine. Three one, three one win away the Cove Ramblers. That's a tough. That's a tough place yeah. to go to. With Alua, Neilan, and McNenemy with the goals, which means Gar. Go on, Prof. Bogdanov didn't score. <laughs> So, who didn't give it the bog? Well, I read the report. Celtic had a good game. Just for some bizarre reason. Something went wrong with the universe where he didn't put the ball in the net. List of hatred. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, well uh, yeah, so Danila Bogdanov didn't get on the score sheet. Well, he'll knock in four next week. Watch. Yeah. And um, so we move on to the 19s, the 15s, and now the 17s, actually. So he won't be knocking in four next week. They've entered a month-long break. That's a long time to go without a game of ball. I'm sure they'll have friendlies and training sessions in between. So the Roadstone project will be on hold for a month. So congrats to Runder 16s for winning the Premier DDSL Cup final with a 3-2 win over League Slip United. And well done Rovers under 13 player Thomas Morgan whose school won the FAI School Spar Fives at the Aviva Stadium. And Thomas won player of the tournament. So nice little gong to bring home for the mantelpiece there for Thomas Morgan. And finally the Rovers amputee team captured their first piece of silverware lifting the Manorfields National League Cup in Limerick on Saturday. They finished top of the crew, beating Bowes in the final. You are the boys. Stuart McAvoy was instrumental and was named player of the tournament. That's the guy who only took up the sport recently, remember? Yeah, so great achievement for um, for Stewie, Stewie McAvoy. So player of the tournament for him. And next up, we have our World Cup themed questions from the East End, which we have renamed Quifties. <laughs> So just oh, before we air this, I want to shout out to Carl Kearns because he's told me that he actually cannot listen to our quiz segments, Gar, because they annoy him so much. Does he fast forward? Yeah, he fast forward the quiz segments. So this is just for you, Carl. A double header. This is actually a belter because very few wrong answers in both of these. Yeah, they actually very little stupidity on offer here. Yeah, they did very well. So and listen to this one. What we do want to do is. Take the quiz yourself. We're challenging fans to take the quiz yourself and be honest and post your answers. Pen just flew across the room. Pen just went Um, Post your answers on the link that we put up on Facebook and be honest and just, we'll be interested to see if you actually do well. So post up and you can compete with the players. But like you said, this one is a cracker. So up we have Sean Kavanagh versus Lukey Bourne and Ronan Finn versus Joey O'Brien in Quifties. Right, so we're back with questions from the East End and we're World Cup format as back. We're going to start with Shawnee and Luke and uh, 10 questions each, strict 15 second time limit and we have timers and everything now so when you hear the, the ding ding prof is, uh, is going to pull you up on it and we have the defending champion Lukey Bourne here and there's no boxing questions this time Lukey. <laughs> the winner goes through to play Graham Bourke who was in the quarterfinals and the loser is out of the cup so we're going to start with Sean. So Sean in rings end. Rovers were founded on a road and took its name from an area. Name either of them. Um, I don't know. I don't even get the question. There's, Shamrock Rovers were named after a particular area in yeah. Ring's End and they were founded in a particular area in Ring's End. Can you name either of them? No, I've not lived. Uh, Irish Town Road and Shamrock Avenue. Irish Town, I live in Irish Town. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what we <laughs> that's told you might know. It. <laughs> you might know. It. 
Lugie, Rovers under 17s have played eight games so far this season. What is their win record? AOV. AOV is right. Sean, who scored Fulham's winning goal against Villa in their championship playoff final? Tom Kearney. Yeah, Tom Kearney's right. Lukey, which former League of Ireland player helped Rodham win the League One playoff? Richie Tell. Richie Tell, banging out the answers here, Prof. Sean, how many cup finals has Jurgen Klopp lost in a row? Six. Six is right. Lukey, three clubs have won three successive European trophies Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and. Ajax. Ajax is right. We're flying here. <laughs> Which European country failed to reach the World Cup for the first time since 1958? Italy. Yeah, Italy's right. Boys are doing their homework today. <laughs> Which Italian club are back in Syria after a toured straight promotion? Parma. Parma are right. That's a great answer. Great answer. <laughs> Which two League of Ireland players have scored goals from their own half this season? Um, Kieran Sadler. Yeah. What's his name? Reese McCabe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Which League of Ireland club has a 100% home record this season? Cork City. Yeah, Cork City. The closest ever. They're looking pretty good there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some standing here. Which tennis player is aiming to defend this year's French Open? Nadal. Yeah, Nadal. He's on fire. In golf, who are the current holders of the Ryder Cup? Europe. USA. Oh. USA. Sean, Tommy Shelby leads his gang in which British TV drama centered around Birmingham? Um, the Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Lukey, name three Fortnite dance moves. The Wiggle. Yep. The Floss. Yeah. And. Three seconds. Oh, and the names of them. No, don't know the names. I thought you were a bit of a book. I am, yeah. I don't know the names of them. Give you a point if you do them. The word maritime is connected to what? Maritime? The sea. And Lukey, a right angle is an angle of exactly how many degrees? 90. 90 is right. I think we're nearly tied at this stage, are we? Yeah, are who wrote a famous diary while hiding from Nazis in Amsterdam? Anne Frank. Anne Frank is right. to see, I guess. <laughs> when did the, war, the Second World War end? 1949. Oh, 1945, unlucky. Oh, what have we got so far? That's it, is it? No, uh, Sean's won it. Sean, one ahead. This is the last question. This is to win it. Spell the word traitor. T R A I T O R. That'll do it. That's it. I'm upset, yeah. Sean, he's gone through. You would have had to spell virtuoso. What you got? Yeah, I would have got. The dance killed me. The dance killed me. So that's it. That's Shawnee Truth. Next round to play Borky. Yes. It was a great stand. That was a great stand. Yeah. We were normally we five awesome. in a row each at one stage. Uh, you didn't need the answer. Right. It's good for scoring purposes. Oh, V I R T U O S O. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
uh, Greg Bulger joining us here. He's going to be the facilitator. And uh, we have Joey O'Brien and Ronan Spin. And the winner goes through to play Sean Boyd. Handy <laughs> one. Loser sent home. So we're gonna start with Ronan. Ronan, Brandon Melee was formerly with which Premier League club? Newcastle. Newcastle is right. Name three other clubs that Ronan Finn has played for, Joey. Sporting Finger, Dundalk, UCD. Yeah, that's it. Ronan, name this midfielder you played with at Cambridge, ex Arsenal, youth now at Derby. And Bradley Johnson. Bradley Johnson is right. Joey, name another Ireland international who attended Drimna Castle at school. Uh, so we know this. Noel Quinn. Noel Quinn is right. Ronan, which League of Ireland club has the most draws this season? Hang on a minute. What's going on? What are you? Two favourite players here. Yeah. <laughs> you play the winner. Oh, you play the winner. You can't be here. You can. Get no See you play. Come on, Joe. Who's got the most draws? Um, time, time is ticking. Time oh, is ticking. What do I have? Five seconds. Um, three seconds. Us. Yeah, Rovers with six. How many red cards have Rovers got this season, Joey? League, is it? Yeah. Only league? Um, two. Four. Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> you were four. the fourth. <laughs> you were the fourth, I think. Who was the other one? Ronan, he failed. He failed to make Germany's World Cup squad despite scoring in the 2014. Cup final. Who is the player? Jeez. I fucking got to know this. The boy got this now. Does, no, you don't, get the, you don't get to pass them. Four seconds. What was it? Four seconds. Podolski. No, Gotze. Remember the goal? He fucking gave it to you as well, dude. If he had got that, you were getting fucking kicked out. Joey, which so team? The way you said that, you upset. got to get this. Fuck off. He didn't even, even cop that. That's, That's great. Which team upset Bayern Munich in the German Cup final? Eintracht Frankfurt. That's it. There's a Rovers oh, link there as well. Three ups. Name the former Australian winger currently in charge of Crawley Town. Former Australian Harry Kale. Yeah, that's it. God. Not many. Joey, name the Englishman in charge of the women's Ireland international team. Colin Bell. Colin Bell is right. Ronan, the referendum to repeal the Eighth Amendment passed by what percentage? 70 30? 64. Joey, what was the only Irish county to vote no? Donegal. Yeah, Donegal. Joey with the politics. Joey with the politics. <laughs> Which P is a person who was taught by another? Which P? Yeah, P word. P word. Pierre? Pupil. Did you say Peter? Peter. <laughs> what is it? Again? Which P is a person who was taught by another? Yeah, Peter. Peter. I thought you said Peter. Uh, which C is a metal commonly used for electrical wiring? Which C? Mm. C word. Jeez, I know this. You know? I don't know. Get a few quid for it. Don't scrap that. Copper. Copper. Fuck. 
What is the largest country in the world in terms of land? Russia. Russia is right. Joey, which island country lies off China, Korea, and Russia? Japan. Sean, I'm gonna have to. A bit of a clue there. Bit of a clue, Sean. Sean, no clues. I've always been to Japan. <laughs> 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 Shut up, boys. All right, so Sean. You flew on. I'm gonna have to set Greg on you. Um, all right, so how are we looking now, bro? Toy loose with the last one. She always went in 6 5 with two questions left. Two questions left, right? So, Rona, who was the first man to step on the moon? Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Joey, who painted the. Easier questions Yeah, you'll come, you'll get one now. Hold on. Who painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Oh, come on, Joe. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. So, if. Joey, Rona first. Rona, yeah, Rona, you need this. Who performed the song Summer of 69? Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams is right. Oh, hey, I would So this is going to take... To win it. Joey, this is the winner. For the winner. <laughs> Which 1999 film sees Tom Hanks portray a death row corrections officer during the Great Depression? Green Mile. The Green Mile! Oh. Yeah. Joey's true. <laughs> to play Sean Boyd okay. in the quarter for <laughs> <laughs> that, could be the, that could be the winner, that could, that could be the winner for me, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, it's a good one, it's a good one. I should have just fucking Pupil listened. I can't believe I got copper on as well. Sloppy, he was that with a good electrician as well. Copper, yeah, not the other one. So what do you think of that, Prof? It's a good crack, wasn't it? The shocks just keep coming, Gareth. The shock, yeah. The defending champion is out. And your tip is Joey O'Brien. You think Joey's going to yeah. take home the gong? This guy's impressed me twice now. I'm not too sure who I can go for. Um... It's a tough one, but we're definitely enjoying doing it. It's a, it's 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 a bit of crack, and the players like it as well. Do you know who enjoyed it as well? Sean Boyd. He was watching the. Sean Boyd actually was just giving hints left right, so we had to pull yeah. him up and we say, "Listen, Boydy, come on." <laughs> he actually gave an inadvertent um, clue. It was the Japan one? Wasn't it was. It? Uh, yeah. He, yeah. No, it was uh, Gotze, and he said, "Oh yeah, Gotze, get that." And he did, and he didn't he didn't copy. Oh, I and missed then, that as well. Yeah, actually, Joey yeah. said it, and I was like, "What? All oh, right, yeah, yeah." So <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. A little, little yeah. uh, cryptic clue there. He loved it though. Afterwards, he said that was a great watch. Yeah, I was super. So, Gareth, information on our competition. We've got two remaining matches. That's Ethan Boyle versus Dan Carr, and Greg Bolger versus Dave McAllister. Right. So, what does that mean for our competition, where we ask people to? Try and predict all eight right. It's fucked. Uh, it's <laughs> all over the shop. Yeah. Well, we out in front we have David Kernan, who has an impressive five right out of six so far. Okay. So he's in the lead with two left. Mark Fanning and Andrew Kelly they both have four. But interestingly, for our men and matches, Mark Fanning has made the same predictions as David. He thinks Karen McAllister to go through, so he can't actually overtake David because he's made the same pick. So he's gone. So that leaves David Kiernan is five, Andrew Kelly is four. Bunch of people are on three, but only one's on contention, and that's Glenn Doyle. He predicts Bolger and Boyle to oh, go through. Glenn so, Doyle. So depending on if he gets both of those right, he could force a a three way playoff at the end there. Sneaking up at the back, Glenn Doyle could take home yeah. the Tifties. So basically, David is just hoping that Carr beats Boyle, and then he's won outright. Now, so that is our Quifties section this week, and um, next up we have starting 11s and predictions. 
Alright, Prof, I'll go first. And I'm gonna go with um me man goal. <laughs> How are we gonna go if he's fit? I'm gonna go Lukey Bourne left full. Uh Joey O'Brien right full. I'm gonna go Pico and Grace centre half. I'm gonna piss kit Paca Martin off here. And I'm gonna put Brando in the hole. I know I'm skipping the midfield, but I'm putting Brando in the hole. In the number 10. I thought I'd just get that out of the way. Aaron Bulger in the middle. With Finn. I'm going to put Joel Coustron out wide with Bourke. So Joel on the left. Borky on the right. Brando in the number 10 role. Borky can have a free roll. He can do what he wants. Carr up top. Aaron Bulger and Finn in the middle of the park. With Finn giving a license to Rome. Box to box. And... Uh, yeah, so that's it. So, so it's a bit different this week. Mm. I'm giving Brando a chance in the hall. Oh, well, the same on uh, Danny Carr and Ronald Finn are okay. I heard that Ronan broke his nose. Did you yeah, hear that? So, yeah, it sounded like that, and his, he looked in bits. He had the yeah. he was running around with the, the tissue up his nose. The same on those two can play. I'm just making two changes, and that's uh, Joey O'Brien in for Eaton Boyle. Yeah, same. And Jinx. Uh, Graham Burke in for. Who do I drop actually? I don't want to drop Castrain. I've dropped Cavan. Actually, yeah, that's right. Sean Cavan has been disappointing lately. And just going back to the Dundalk game, uh, Joel, his end product was hit and miss, but he was so positive in that game. In contrast to, to Cavo, really, who was kind of, you know, turning back a lot. It's very frustrating. Castrain was that. always getting forward and looking to get in and create something so and I think we'd both pick yeah. that any day of the week over somebody who turns back it's, it's it's very negative isn't it I haven't said that we were blown away by Cavo in his first few games so there's yeah. obviously loads of ability there and there's a maybe a crisis of confidence so but that's uh, so you're pretty much the same as me bar Brando in the hall do you have Brando in the hall oh no I don't care I'm trying to reinvigorate Brando and bring him back to the farm that we once saw in the first two seasons and that gave him so many goals for overs I mean the, the the talent is there but I think we should play him in the hall where he's good and let Borky just run him up Borky go and play here's your free roll defend don't mind that you just go out and score goals set them up so um, yeah that's our starting 11s and predictions just, well, predictions. On, just on Joey there I have to credit Maloney for this stat that's right Jason Maloney is giving me stats I double check it he says that Joey O'Brien has only conceded one goal from open play. Oh, Joey. And in fairness, yeah. he's the coolest guy in the squad when it comes to um, on the ball. And it's just the, exper- exp- the experience that he brings. Is he fully fit? Is he being left out of the squad? We don't know. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him get a, get a good run. So, Yeah, so this game is on a Saturday. reason for that is because the Ireland's Women's International is, is on Tala in the Friday. We didn't actually play any home league game on a weekend last season. Not at all? No, had a couple of aways, Pats and Rod. There was one Tala game on Saturday. That was the League Cup final, but no no league Tala games. So just a couple of stats on Bray. They've only won away point so far. That was in Dundalk on opening day. Yeah. How weird is that? It's crazy. Lost 10 in a row away from home. I'd say we're just we're the second worst, are we? Yeah, everyone else has three way wins except us and Bray. They've known and we've won. 
Limerick. But how about their goal scoring record in Tala, right? Their last 10 visits to Tala. Let me guess. How many goals, how many have, they goals have they scored? Three. One. One. A Dave Scully penalty. <laughs> In 2014, is their only goal Scully Dino in their last 10 games in Tottenham? He's playing for Bluebell now, I think. Scully Dino, mm. yeah, wow. Just to know as well on the website, uh, do you know the player section where it shows you starts, sub appearances, goals, and all that? Yeah. Myself and Bill Gleason, we are regularly updating that after every game. So if you ever check the website on the Monday morning or late Sunday, it'll always be up to date. Good stuff. Nice little progression there for the site. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, our new badges will be on sale in the suite and just beside the east stand about 15 minutes before kickoff. So if you find us in the bar from six onwards, you'll get some badges off me and the prof. And they are an absolute beaut, I have to say. Well, the bar probably opens at five, I'd say, would it? Because kickoff is seven. We'll kick off at seven. But either way, mm-hmm. we'll be in the bar. And we'll be there about 15 minutes with a little stand just before the east stand so you can get a badge then. And like I said, the prof designed this one and I only saw it on completion and it's an absolute beaut so uh, definitely come down yep. there's only a hundred of them so they will fly out same as the last time yeah get them quick get them quick like hotcakes and um, so our next show is Monthly Madness and it's a Glemalore Gazette 30th anniversary special so we'll have Jason the biggest club Maloney and Mick Comroy on so very very interested in this can't wait to hear some of the stories from back in the day not just the Gazette, some 80s talk to, leaving Milltown and stuff, they would have been heavily involved and all that. So it's going to be a full-on Rovers nostalgia episode, so really, really can't wait for that. Wish we could do it right now, because I don't want to talk about current-day Rovers. Yes, let's Any talk more about the good times. <laughs> so we tickets for the Europa League draw are available as well, €10 Euro for a chance to travel with the team, and we'll all be talking about Europe on Sunday show with the lads. And that will be aired on Tuesday morning. And I really can't wait for Europe this season, Prof. I am dying to see who we get. We can get Rangers. We can get Hibs. Yep. We can get B-Tar Jerusalem. We can get the most racist club in the world. <laughs> we can get some team from bleeding Kazakhstan. Yeah, Almaty will be jumping on a camel. Heading out to the game. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. And I look forward to it so uh, that's it for this week thanks for listening as usual and um, we'll see you in Tala keep on hooping see you